Alright, well welcome everybody to Stapleton Church. It's so good to see you. I'm Matt Wolf, the lead pastor here. And we've been talking a lot about our Forward Faster campaign that we've been doing. We've been trying to raise an additional $50,000 above our normal, normal giving for that Forward Faster um, in order to do some things like paint the outside of our building, which we needed to get up to code for our preschool. And if you notice, it's finished. It looks really good. You'll see it in the back when you guys stay for Chili Cook-Off. You can see that hall painted. It looks great. Um, and we're so excited to give, have given to that. Another thing that we've been doing through this Forward Faster campaign is doing a rebranding and a new website. And that is here. We're really excited about it. Um, up here is Casey Lamb, who has put in a lot of hours working on our new logo and our new website. So I'm going to turn it over to her a little bit to talk about um, the work that she's been doing for this rebranding. Yeah, so um, this is really exciting. I um, was here at the service when Pastor Matt um, talked about the Forward Faster campaign and first kicked it off. And um, on there it said, we need graphic design for a rebrand. And so um, instantly God spoke to me. And I feel like, you know, I was here that day to hear him call, make that call out. Um, so for the logo, we did a lot of explorations. Pastor Matt sent me um, multiple ideas for inspiration and and instantly I was like, oh, he has good design taste. So I was like relieved. So one of the <laughs> one of the challenges are you know was is we wanted to make sure that it was something that was memorable, that uh, was a lot more simple so it can be applied to a lot more um, uh, material. So um, t shirts or water bottles so you guys can put it out there and wear that um, with with joy and pride. And so for the logo, we, um, you know, Stapleton was the old airport. We have our services in an old hangar. And so it felt appropriate to kind of keep the aircraft wings. And so, um, and it's most obvious, it kind of looks like the aircraft wings. We brought in a craft element to bring that back to the church. And then, um, you know, it's also an arrow pointing up to heaven. So there's a few different meanings in there. If you look at the um, white space in it, it looks like a church or a cross on a hill. So there's a few meanings. If anyone asks, you can kind of explain that. Um, and then it's just, it's simple. So hopefully it'll be something that's memorable and um, be applied in a lot of different ways. So Casey Lamb has been leading up a team that's also um, put together our new website. So that debuted this week. We've also had some other people helping out with that. Aaron Chan did all the photography for, for that. Sonny Chan, unrelated, did a lot of the back-end um, digital stuff that I don't even know <laughs> what, what it is. Um, so he worked hard on that. And we also had a couple other. Carrie, Casey's husband, put up some of the signs that you saw today. Um, and we're going to be getting some more. That's why we need some more giving for Forward Faster to put up even more signs um, for that. And, and Allison Leckie, who has done a lot of the copy editing, the writing on our website to make sure it all sounds good and it's spelled right and that kind of stuff. So we, we've got a great team working together. Do you want to talk at all about the website? Yeah, so it is um, a lot easier to use, find what you're looking for. Um, it's responsive, so no matter which device you're on, it optimizes for that device and creates a nice user experience. So. Um, make sure you go check it out. It's, there's beautiful photography. Um, all of that is brand new, and it's just it's really nice. It'll be a great uh, resource for our church. All right, thank you so much, Casey. 
Ivan Casey and the whole team did an amazing job, um, better than anything I would have thought we would have been able to, to do. So that's incredible. I'm so excited. I asked, I, I, I just, we just want something simple, clean, updated, um, so we can move forward with, with our new identity as this church. And I think they nailed it. I think they really did an awesome job. So that's great. Make sure you tell them thank you for all their hard work on that. You'll also notice at the bottom of this logo, helping people follow Jesus. That's going to be kind of our, our new motto, our, our new mission moving forward. If you remember, if you've been here for any time, that our, our motto has kind of been helping people on their spiritual journey. You've probably seen that around the building. You've heard us talk about that. And that's really what we're doing. But we decided, hey, we want to give it a little more focus. We want it a little bit clearer about where we're going on this journey. What is this journey about? Who are we following? What's the purpose of it? So that's why we're just calling it it's saying helping people follow Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about that a lot. My message today is about that, and our series moving forward is going to explain how we're going to do that as a church. Because this is what we're going to be all about. Helping people follow Jesus. So we look at our own lives and we say, how am I following Jesus? And we also look at the people around us and say, how can I help them? How can I help them? And, and that's what we're about as a church. Helping people follow Jesus. So that's our series today. Um, we're calling this series Come and Follow as we look at the call of Jesus to follow him and what it means. What does it mean that we're helping people follow Jesus? What does that mean for our own lives? So we're going to talk about today and throughout this whole series. As today, especially we look at that call to follow. Call to follow. Because Jesus was different than anyone else before him or since. He was very unique in what he called people to. And it's something that's transformative. And that's what we're going to focus on today. So I'm giving you a big idea today. And usually I give it at the end of the message or something, but I'm starting out with it so that you guys are very clear about what we are about as a church. And this passage, we're going to see from it this big idea that Jesus transforms whoever follows him. Jesus transforms whoever follows him. When you decide to follow Jesus, when you hear his call and accept it, it will transform your life. It will change your life. And it will change the lives of everyone that decides to follow Jesus with you. So that's what we're going to be about, this transformation. So we're all about a church. We want to see that transformation happen in lives and in our community and in, our, in Denver and around the world. In order for that to happen, we have to call people to follow Jesus. And it's on that journey that lives are transformed. Let's read in Mark chapter 1. That's where we're going to be today, if you have your Bible. Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 16. It's just a small section. If you have your smartphone, you can look along with me. Mark chapter 1, verse 16, we read, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. For they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther... He saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. Two simple, short stories that show in a much bigger picture what Jesus was about. These men, these young men, were fishing. And then they dropped everything and followed Jesus. And what you will learn if you read through the rest of the Gospels is that these men's lives were transformed. They changed. They were different. They went from being fishermen, no-name fishermen, to people that would change the entire world. 
They were transformed by Jesus. You know, in ancient Israel, there were a lot of rabbis. Rabbi means teacher. And there was a lot of these teachers, these rabbis, who would teach about the Old Testament. Because up to this point, the New Testament hadn't been written because there wasn't Jesus. So there was these rabbis teaching people, hey, this is who God is, this is what he's about, this is how he's worked in our history. And these rabbis would teach students. And they would take these students along, the best and the brightest of them, and they would take them along and say, I want you to learn from me, uh, so you can follow me, you, you can come along with me wherever I'm going and learn from me as I teach and as we memorize and study the scriptures, and someday you too will be a rabbi. So that was very normal in the ancient world, that these rabbis, and there was a group of people following them, and does anybody know what they were called? Disciples, I heard somebody say. Disciples, so the rabbi and the disciples, the teacher and the students, learning from them. But Jesus was different than all these other rabbis. He was unique in the way he did his ministry and the way he called people. You see, every single other rabbi would wait until a student came to them and said, can I study from you? Can I learn from you? And then the rabbi would decide, hmm, I'm not sure about you, but I'll take you. So what a rabbi would do, wait until people came to them. But not Jesus. We just saw. What did Jesus do? He was walking along and he saw these people and he said, Hey, you two, you two over there, come with me. Come follow me. And he finds another two guys, some brothers, and he says, Come follow me. And they did. They dropped everything and followed Jesus. So Jesus is unique in that he is the one who gives a call. Not only to these original four men, but to all of us. He says, Come follow me. Just come. Come check it out. Come, follow me. From the very beginning, Jesus was clear. And he was also clear about how this was all about. He said, if you follow me, I will send you out to fish for people. He gave them the end goal, too. You're not only going to learn from me, but you're going to be like me, inviting other people to follow me. You're going to be involved in this mission that I am on right now. And we'll talk about that in just a second. You know, this gospel message, this invitation... It's very simple. Bill Hole, one of my professors, wrote, I have often suggested a simple elevator gospel message would be, follow Jesus and he will teach you everything you will ever need to know. So Jesus was calling people to follow him and he was asking us to ask other people to follow him. To be fishers, not of fish, but of people. To catch them and say, hey, you need to follow Jesus as well. Extend that call. To other people. So that means for us as individuals and as a church, we are becoming these fishers of people. We are becoming the people who will in, invite our friends to come follow Jesus. We will invite our neighbors, our co-workers, our family members who think we're a little weird. We'll be inviting our kids, those of you who are parents, saying, hey, come follow Jesus and point to him. He'll teach you everything you need to know. And that's what I really want you to notice. In, in verse 7, when Jesus 17, when Jesus said, come follow me, said, and I will send you out. I will send you out. The thing is, is that it's not our job to transform people into these fishers of people, to this new mission, changing their lives. It's not our job. It's Jesus' job. He said, I'm going to be the one transforming you. And that's why we get our big idea from this. When we follow Jesus, when he calls us and we accept that, it transforms us. Jesus does that. Jesus does that, not us. So that's why we can become fishers of men. What Jesus doesn't say is, I want you to enroll in this 10-step program. $17.95 a month, you're going to be getting up at 4.30 a.m. every morning and we're going to lose weight together. 
he doesn't say, I want you to take this class. And once you've taken all these classes in my school, then you'll come out with a degree. He doesn't say any of that, does he? He says, follow me. Follow me. Not a self-help program. Not a certificate that you have to finish. He says, no, just follow me. And it will transform you. You will become fishers of men. Fishers of women. You know, Jesus gives the end goal at the very beginning. He says, I will make you fishers of men. What's interesting is in the Gospel of Luke, a little bit later in his ministry, Jesus explains what happens in this process. He said, the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. You're not just learning from someone, but you're becoming like them. It's transforming your very character and who you are. Jesus' call to follow was changing people, transforming them to be like him. So at the end, he's saying, hey, you're going to be like me. And I will transform you to be like me. Now, I have this diagram up here that I want you to see this arrow. Because a lot of us think about our faith and Christianity in general. And you think that you're either in or you're out. You're either a Christian or a non-Christian. A believer or an unbeliever. It's just black and white, right? But you don't really see that as clearly at this point in Jesus' ministry. He's just asking these guys to just follow him. Do you think that they knew he was the Son of God who had come to take away the sins of the world? I don't think so. And if they even thought maybe, they maybe had their doubts. They did. You see that throughout the Gospels. They doubted. They worried. They, they, who is this Jesus guy? It was a whole trajectory. It was this arrow that Jesus was leading them on. He said, just follow me. Just follow me and learn from me. They, there's a saying in the ancient world that a good disciple was covered in the dust of a rabbi. So just follow me, Jesus said. Just, just learn from me, watch me, and you'll start, still start learning to practice the things that I do, to talk the way I talk, to love people the way I love people. Just come with me. So I want you to see this diagram because it's not in or out at this stage. It's just come follow me. This is what we're going to be about as a church. And, and you'll see here that I have some words to describe this, this journey. And, and maybe these aren't the best words to describe you, but, but a lot of people start unaware. They don't know who Jesus is. But they had never even heard of him. Some of you right now are in that point. But, but then people, when they do hear about Jesus, they say something is unique about him. He's different. So then they're a little interested. But they're still on the stream, just checking him out. I think maybe the disciples were at this stage, as we'll see next week at the beginning. But then they start to investigate. Investigating. This is someone that's saying, okay, I'm kind of curious. I'll read some of the things that Jesus said. I'll read about the things that he did. And I'm just going to investigate. Is this really the Son of God? And then they begin to understand, wow, what he said is true. But then he goes a step further and people begin to believe and say, this is true. It changes my life. And then they're growing in that faith until they come to the point where they're saying, I'm all in and I'm going to give my entire life to follow and to serve Jesus and help others follow Jesus. It's a trajectory. It's an arrow. It's a progression of faith. This is what we're going to be about as a church. Taking people along this journey. We're saying we're helping people follow Jesus. We're getting them to grow, to move, to go from uninterested to unaware to being interested, to investigating, to moving on in faith, to growing in their faith and becoming mature and willing to give everything to Jesus. We want to see people progress like this. We want to see people become like Jesus. That's what I mean by helping people follow Jesus. We're taking them one step on here and moving to another. If you notice in the bulletin, about halfway down, it says community group prep. 
We're starting this new for this season of our community groups. We're asking you guys to do some preparation. Some homework for community groups. No, yuck. Okay, no, this is going to be really good because it's going to help prepare you for discussion to make that even more impactful. So there's just three questions. We'll have between one and three each week that we want you to do after today. Okay, not right now. Uh, after the service and, and pr- in preparation for your Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, whatever, whenever your group meets so you can show up and everybody's prepared for that discussion. But on the first question, I'm going to let you fill it in right now. It, it's the question is, where are you on this arrow? Where are you? Where would you put yourself? And, and maybe take a moment to just mark that right now. Where are you? You're saying, hey, Matt, I'm just interested right now, but I'm not too sure. Or, Matt, I'm all in. I'm, I'm sold out for this. Wherever you are, just mark yourself. You can be honest. It's okay. Just say, this is where I think I am right now. And you'll notice that in your life, sometimes you go backwards and forward. It's not always forward like it should be. But that's kind of how life is, right? But we want to take people on this journey, following after Jesus. This is what he took his disciples. They were disciples from the beginning, and yet they didn't know he was the Son of God. They didn't know he would die for the sins of the world. They didn't know he would be raised from the dead and send them out to form a church that would transform the world. They didn't know that. They were just saying, hey, I'm going to check this guy out. He's interesting. He's unique. He's calling me to follow him. And the reality is none of us will ever in our lifetime make it till the end where we are just like Jesus. You won't. I'm going to say that right up. That's our goal, but we're never going to get there. Howard Hendricks wrote, you never graduate from the school of discipleship. No one ever makes it to the end. We're aiming for it. It's not going to be in this lifetime that we're going to make it. I can tell you that much. So this is our point, that Jesus transforms whoever follows him. He takes them on this journey. That's what we're about as a church. So now I want to give you three points about this transformation, what it looks like, what happens during it. And the first one is that Jesus transforms you right where you are. Jesus transforms you right where you are. Wherever you are, in your spiritual life, wherever you are, in your emotional life. If you're a, you know, I'm a mess right now, Matt. I, I don't have anything together in my life. Jesus asks you to follow him right now and he's going to transform you from that point. If you're starting to feel like, I've got this together, I'm growing, I'm learning, I'm really getting into prayer right now, Jesus wants you right there to follow him. If you're at the point where you're like, I don't even know if I like Jesus. It kind of sounds like it's tough. Jesus is calling you right from that point, right where you are, and he wants to transform you to be more like him. That's what this journey of following Jesus is all about. Moving from one step to the next, to the next, and progressing in faith. Look in verse 16. We see this in this passage. It says, As Jesus was walking, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake. These guys are fishing. They're out fishing. They're working on the side of this huge lake that you can barely see the end of it. It's an enormous lake in the Middle East. And, and, and they're casting out these nets fishing. And those are the people Jesus calls. And then look down a little bit farther in verse 19. It says Jesus saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. They're in the middle of work. In the middle of a work week out there getting ready. This is probably nighttime fishing because the nets, they didn't want the fish to see them. They go fishing at night. So they're preparing the nets right now, getting ready for an all-night job. And Jesus says, hey, right now, come follow me. Right where you are, come follow me. I think this is so significant, but we miss it because we don't understand how the ancient rabbinical school used to work. We know this from um, history, that what what happened was that there was three different levels of schooling for Jewish children. Three levels of schooling. 
And the first one, you would start at the age of five. At the age of five, you'd begin this school, and it was called the Bet Sefer. And you would begin to learn the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And you'd study it, learn it, begin to memorize it, even as a little child. And that was the Jewish um, teaching. It was like elementary school. Well then, in order to graduate from that, you'd move on at about the age of ten to the Bet Talmud. And this wouldn't just be studying the Bible, you'd be studying what people said about the Bible, like theologians, what the rabbis were all writing in the Talmud. And you'd study that. But here's the thing, so most, every student would make it to that second level. But very, very few made it to the third. Very few made it to the third. Because in order to make it to the third, the rabbis would test the kids. They, they would make them pass all these different exams and answer questions at, from their memory. And only the best of the best would be able to make it to the third level, which was called the Bet Midrash. And those students who were the best and brightest, the most spiritual, would learn from the rabbi, and someday, probably at the age of 30, would begin to have their own ministry, and they would become rabbis. But if you didn't pass that test, if you didn't pass the test, and didn't make it to the third level of school, and you had to go home and learn a career. You had to go work in your family business, things like fishing. To go back and learn from your father, as we saw this, the Zebedee brothers, that's what they're doing. They're learning from their father Zebedee how to fish. And someday they'll take over the business. Probably Simon, who we know of as Peter, Jesus changed his name. Simon and his brother, they had already taken the business from their father. So they're in their family business. They couldn't cut it as rabbis. They didn't have enough memorized. They couldn't answer the questions. They weren't spiritual enough. They were the rejects. But who does Jesus invite to follow him? Those guys. So if you're like, Matt, I'm not good enough to be a fisher of people. I, I don't know if I could be that person who's helping other people follow Jesus. Yes, you can. Jesus took these guys and they said some dumb things. If you read the gospel, they did a lot of dumb things. They had to, a lot to learn. But Jesus said, those are the ones I'm picking. These are the ones I want to follow me. These guys, the rejects, the misfits, the fishermen, who stink like fish. I want them to follow me. Because they're the ones that I will transform. So Jesus transforms us right where we are. Right where we are. Um, I remember one guy that I was talking to. And he was just like, Matt, you know, I'm a mess. There's a lot of days where I just want to leave everything. Leave my family and kids. I just, my job, I just can't handle the pressure and, and just leave. I, I don't even know if I can be a Christian. This is a person. And a lot of people thought he was a leader, right? And he said, I don't, I don't even have this as I was having this conversation about putting him in leadership. It's like, I just want to run away from everything. I, don't, I can't handle the pressure. And I, I told him, I said, you're the one who Jesus is calling right now. And he realized, yeah, it's true. Because right where he was, when his life was a mess, he was the one Jesus was calling to follow him, to do great things. And he did. And he's continued to follow Jesus. And he is a leader. He's a leader to this day. Because Jesus calls us right where we are. So no matter where you are today, unsure, maybe mm, don't even like Christians, church, mm, you have to like drag yourself here this morning. Oh, it's so hard to get here. Don't like it. Wherever you are, Jesus is calling you to follow Him. And He wants you to grow. He wants you to become more like Him, to learn from Him. And that's what we're about as a church. So we are welcoming and inviting to everyone. We invite everyone we know. Buddhists invite them. Atheists invite them. We're welcoming to anybody, whether they know a ton about their faith or they don't even like Jesus. We invite them and say, hey, come, 
We want you to follow Jesus. We're helping people even just to get on that arrow. Some people haven't even made it onto the, the thing or have gone the opposite direction. I don't even like Christians. I don't like Jesus. But we're inviting them. Hey, come on this journey to follow Jesus. That's what we're about as a church. Everyone is welcome here. Everyone is invited to follow Jesus. So that's the first point. Jesus transforms you right where you are. But he also transforms something at, at the central of who we are as individuals. Two is that Jesus transforms you for a new purpose. That's our second point. Jesus transforms you for a new purpose. A new meaning. There's a new purpose for your very life. In verse 16, where it said, Jesus saw Simon and his brother casting a net into the lake. It's really interesting. It says, for they were fishermen. In, in the ancient world, paper was expensive and rare. So you didn't waste words. But it had just said, Mark had just written that they were casting their nets. So why would it say right after that that they were fishermen? I think Mark is trying to highlight for us, these guys were in the middle of their jobs. They're busy. They had a business that they were running. And, and later on we see um, in verse 20 that it says, these guys, these brothers, left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. What's interesting about this is that probably they owned their own boat and there was hired men. So maybe Simon and his brother, their business was smaller. They didn't have a boat. They were casting from the shore, it says. But these brothers, the Zebes, James and John, they were going to inherit a good business, a boat, other servants, hired people that could work for them. Man, they were going to be sitting pretty, having their own business, building that up. And Jesus says, come follow me. And they leave that behind. They leave a career. They leave this because Jesus gives them a new purpose. Mark Twain once said, the two most important days in your life are the day you are born and the day you find out why. And Jesus gave these men a purpose. I will make you fishers of men, of women. And he gives us the same purpose when we decide to follow him. There's a purpose now to our life that we're part of something bigger, this kingdom of God that Jesus would teach about, that we can join in this thing that's revolutionizing the world. It's changing everything. It's transforming everything. Come join and be a part of this new purpose. A few years ago, a nonprofit organization did a fundraiser on eBay. And what they did was the highest bidder could win a chance for themselves to be written into Stephen King's next novel. They would have their own character in a story, right? How exciting is that? So there were 76 different bids, and the winner was, I think, just over $52,000. And they got their name and their character immortalized in a story when they would be killed off by Stephen King. <laughs> People were willing to spend a lot of money to get their name written into a bigger story, because then you feel like your part is even bigger. And Jesus says, hey, I want to invite you to this bigger story that I'm writing. I want you to become a part of something so much bigger than yourself. A new purpose that you didn't even know you had. Jesus gives us a new purpose. And that's how he transforms us. So, I want to be clear here that for some people this will mean leaving a career. Leaving a job. But for most of us, it means that in that job, in that career, it's transformed and subsumed under something bigger. That now what we do with our whole lives will have a greater purpose. And we'll talk about that later in our series. So I don't want you all to quit your jobs right now. Maybe you need to if God tells you to do that. But 
But for most of us, it's just saying, hey, now I have a bigger purpose. Now I am part of this great chain of discipleship. Bringing people to know Jesus. Helping them follow Jesus. Robbie Gallaty is a pastor I met earlier this year and he said in his book, As a Disciple Maker, all you're doing is pointing at the one you're following and saying to those around you, come with me, I'm following him. You don't have to have everything figured out, know everything. You might be one step ahead of somebody on that arrow, right? But you're just saying, hey, I'm following Jesus, come with me. This is the purpose we're a part of and you're going to see lives transformed, communities transformed, the world transformed through all of this. And that's how Jesus is operating in our world today. So I want you to find that new purpose. This is going to be the purpose of our church, helping people follow Jesus. We're fishing for people now, not just for fish. Fish is good. We're part of something bigger now. And here's the third point I want you to get from this passage. That Jesus transforms you with a new Family. You get a new purpose, and now you have a new family. In verse 20 of this passage, it says that without delay Jesus called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat. What's interesting is that verb left is the same verb that was used in the first half of this passage for Simon and his brother leaving their nets. In the same way that they left their nets, these guys leave their father. Their father who was going to give them the business. They were going to inherit it from him. Everything was about learning from this father and learning a trade. And they're leaving that behind to become part of something bigger and a bigger family than themselves. Jesus calls people to leave those family ties behind. Yes, we still love our family. We're still a part of the family, but the same ties are not there. We have a new family that we're a part of. In Matthew, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 10, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, along with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. He's saying you're going to leave a lot behind when you follow me, but you're going to gain even more. Much more. You're going to be part of a a church family. And you're going to be part of a church that that spans the globe and for the last 2,000 years. Thousands upon thousands. There are some 2 billion people today that claim to be Christians. That's a big family you get to be a part of. This new purpose that you get to be a part of. This kingdom. And, And then when we make it to the end, in eternity we'll see all the saints from all the ages that we will be part of. We have brothers and sisters around us today. We have people that will spiritually teach us. We're in a new family when you become a Christian. I remember in my last church there was a young man, a teenager, and he, um, I think, came to youth group for the first time trying to pick up chicks, like most guys do when they're teenagers. Right? And he didn't really know anything about Christianity. He hadn't ever gone to church. And he eventually became kind of interested, and he took home a Bible one summer and read the whole thing. He knew something was different about it. So instead of just coming back to youth group the next year, he started coming to church too. And this was really difficult because his parents didn't go to church. In fact, they actively opposed him coming to church. They were trying to stop him from doing it, put barriers in his way. And we had to arrange for uh, cars to pick him up in the morning and plead with his parents to let him come to church because he had found a new family. And he was willing to do it. And eventually we we convinced uh, his parents to come and let him be baptized. 
And, and he was baptized, and everyone got to see it. He got to publicly declare it. Even his parents came to see this new family he was a part of. He still loved his parents, still loved his family, but now he had a new family. And that's what happens when we start following Jesus. We are transformed with a new family. With a new family. I, I think that this process of being in the community, the family of, of believers that we're here in church, and hopefully you will be when you join a community group, is a lot, um, it's a lot like a rock tumbler. Like a rock tumbler. Do you remember those? I had one of these as a kid for a little while. These little things that you put a bunch of rocks in and you put water and some powder or something in it and, and then you'd leave it there for days and weeks and it would just turn around and around and around. Well, you'd leave these jagged rocks in there and a few weeks later they would turn into smooth, perfect like gems. It was cool. Because these rock tumblers, what was going on is these rocks were banging up against each other and hitting each other as they're turning over and over again and smoothing each other out. This is what happens in the church. We talked about it last week when we said iron sharpens iron. That these friends that we have as Christians sharpen us and, and make us better. That's what happens in church. We're being transformed with and through this new family that we have to be more like Jesus. People encourage you, challenge you, call you out when you're doing something stupid. Yeah. We're sharpening each other. And that's why I want to challenge you to join a church family. Please join ours. I mean, you're here. Might as well. Some of you have kind of been on a fringe or kind of been checking us out or unsure. Or even maybe just unsure about me. I don't know about this new pastor. But I hope that you guys can make that commitment. And that commitment and say, I want to be a part of this family because that's what Jesus calls me to. And, and the, one of the best ways you can do it is in a community group. A community group. Join. Sign up today after the service. Because then it's not just going to be sitting next to someone. You're going to be sitting in a circle facing each other talking about life. Discussing the deeper things that we never talk about when we just hang out with someone. This is so important, this community for the new family, if we want to be transformed. One study found that only 42% of American Christians are committed to an intentional relationship with other Christians. Only 42% of people would do something like a community group. We want 100% of you to do that. Because it's in that process, in a community, that you are going to be transformed to be like Jesus. We need that community. We need that family. So join one. Join one today. So we've seen three points about this transformation, right? That Jesus calls us to. That he transforms us right where we are. That he transforms us with a new purpose and with a new family. This is all part of this process of helping people follow Jesus. We want you as individuals to be on this journey. And we want you to be inviting others with you on the journey as well. So I have two questions for you. Two questions. The first one. Jesus calls, will you follow? Today he's not just extending that invitation to those four guys 2,000 years ago. He's extending it to you. He wants you to follow him today. Wherever you are, you believe, you don't believe, you're not sure, just, just say, I'm going to take a step and follow. I'm going to take that first step and say, I'm going to start this journey of following Jesus. I'm just going to check him out right now. I can always say no later. Right now I'm going to take that step to follow Jesus. That's my first question. Will you follow Jesus? And here's my second one. Jesus calls, will you join us? This isn't just an individual thing. This is what we're doing as a church family. This is what we're going to be all about moving forward. Helping people follow Jesus. Simple. Clear. We're showing them the journey that we're going on and we're helping people. Will, Will you join us in that mission? If you've been on the fringe, I want you to say, today I'm going to commit. 
Today I'm going to take the next step. Next week you can come to our new friends lunch. After the service, get another free meal, which is great. And you can get to know me and the other staff, get to know some other people in the church. And then a month from now, we're going to have a membership class. We're going to have a baptism next month. And that's when you can say, I'm really committing to this church. I'm taking the next step forward in this journey. Join us in this. Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, The church is only the church when it exists for others. So we want to be about helping others follow Jesus, helping people follow Jesus. You know, when you um, measure the effectiveness of a seed, think about talk, like apple seeds. You can measure it by how many seeds are in an apple. Because all those seeds are, you know, are potential trees, right? That's one way to, to measure it. The other way is to measure how many apples come from a tree, from one single seed, right? That's what we're going to be about as a church. It's not just bringing one person along, but because every person you bring along, they can influence all the other people around them to help people follow Jesus. That's why we're saying that this transformation is not just going to take place in individual lives, but it's going to transform our community and it's going to transform Northeast Denver and really our entire city and world. So Jesus has been doing for 2,000 years, going from these 12 disciples to over 2 billion people, transforming one at a time, and then multiplying that, like, like not just seeds going out, but trees bearing more fruit and more fruit. That's what we're going to see as part of this kingdom. And that's what we're a part of as a church. Making disciples, helping people follow Jesus. So we're going to have the band come up, and they're going to lead us in a final song. And I want everyone right now to just close their eyes. We're going to say a prayer right now. And, and just please just close your eyes and bow your head with me. Um, because uh, I know right now that there are some people in here that have never decided to follow Jesus. That they've never taken that first step. So with everybody's eyes closed, if you're here today and you're saying, Matt, I'm interested in this Jesus now. I want to take the next step in faith or to join this community or whatever that next step is, you're saying, I'm ready to take it. I'm ready to follow Jesus. If you're that person today and for the first time you're saying, I want to follow Jesus, I want to see your hands raised. I just want you to raise your hand and say, I'm deciding to take that step right now. I'm ready to follow Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. And um, with everybody's eyes still closed, if you're saying, Matt, I've kind of been on the fringe, I kind of slink in and out, or this is my first time here in this church, but I'm ready to commit to this mission of helping people follow Jesus. If you're here and you're ready to join us as a church moving forward, I want you to raise your hand too. Saying, I'm ready to take that step and commit to this church family. I want to be a part of this community. Awesome. Lord God, um, this is our mission. This is the mission you've given us, to become fishers of people. You've given us a purpose. You've given us an end that we're going to become more like you. And I pray that we can just be part of that, that journey, taking a step closer to you, learning from you, becoming more like you. Transform us with that power. It's you who do the transforming, not us. We're so grateful for that. So transform us beginning today, right where we are. Transform us with that new purpose, that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. And transform us with the new family that you've created for us in the church. Lord, right now, in this last song, we just want to stand and worship you and praise you and say, I will follow you. And that's what we're saying together. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.